Former President Ma Ying-jeou returned to Taiwan Sunday following a sojourn in Greece. He called for Taiwan and China to engage in talks to avoid war and seek peace and demanded that the Thai administration adhere to the ROC constitution and the law on cross-strait relations. However, DPP lawmakers lashed out at him, alleging he had put Taiwan even more tightly in China's grip and said he would pay a heavy price. Winding up his trip to Greece where he attended a forum, former President Ma Ying-jeou landed in Taoyuan early on Sunday morning, where he received a warm welcome from KMT lawmakers. During the Delphi Economic Forum in Greece, Ma had not only branded President Tsai Ing-wen's rhetoric on relations with China illegal and unconstitutional, but also said that Taiwan and the mainland were part of one China. Upon his return home, Ma called for the two sides to engage in dialogue to avoid war. Maintaining cross-strait peace and regional security is extremely important. We should carry out dialogue on avoiding war to seek peace. I am calling on the DPP government to truly abide by the Republic of China constitution and the act governing relations between the people of the Taiwan area and the mainland area to promote cross-strait relations. Ma insisted that only by returning to the constitution of the Republic of China, Taiwan's formal name, and upholding the idea that the two sides of the Taiwan Strait were not separate countries, Taiwan would be firmly protected. However, some have speculated that Ma is merely acting as a megaphone for spreading the ideas of Beijing's leaders. Our former president was elected according to the constitution of the Republic of China. So why can't he talk about the constitution's content? In the past, he had also mentioned that the two sides were not subordinate to each other. However, his approach this time seems to be capitulating to China's demands, making Taiwan part of one China. He's wrapping the KMT's pro-China label, which it cannot tear off, even tighter. Ma saw his title change several times at the Greek Forum, with organizers seemingly reluctant to address him as Taiwan's former president. Now, his latest remarks about seeking peace with China are having far more of an impact on local politics than on world diplomacy. Vice President Lai Qingde has been traveling across Taiwan, meeting with supporters and overseeing the establishment of his local campaign offices. On Sunday, the ruling party's presidential candidate oversaw the inauguration of an office in Taizong where he was met with support from representatives of the medical and business communities. One supporter said that next year's presidential election will be a battle between democracy and authoritarianism, one that Taiwan cannot afford to lose. DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde's Taichung campaign office was inaugurated Sunday. Over 2,000 supporters were on hand to welcome Lai at the ceremony, along with all six of the city's DPP lawmakers. Voter Chairman David Shen will chair the Taichung campaign team, while well-known gynaecologist Li Maosheng will act as the team's president. The appointments demonstrate support for Lai's campaign in the medical and business communities.
This election is a showdown between freedom, democracy and prosperity on the one hand and a dictatorship on the other. If we don't succeed in this election, our freedoms will be gone the next day. Amid incessant threats from China, Lai says Taiwan must strengthen itself. To that end, Taiwan must strive economically, protect democracy, strengthen national defence and safeguard peace, he says. Taiwan is directly challenged in the face of threats from China and we must strengthen ourselves. As President Tsai has said, peace relies on national defense and national defense relies on the whole population. Only through strength can we protect ourselves as well as the nation's security. Lai's supporters say that next year's election is a battle between democracy and authoritarianism and one that all Taiwan's voters will decide the outcome of. The Alliance of Taiwan Food Banks is working with elected officials in Geelong to increase support for disadvantaged families. The Food Bank Network cuts food waste while providing free resources to people in financial difficulty. They usually rely on the labor and expertise of many volunteers. The Alliance has the backing of Geelong City Councilors Zhen Yifang and Lin Mingxun. They hope to roll out a more robust food bank network all over Taiwan. The shelves overflow with food items. These volunteers are working together to pack up the essential items for people in need. In the course of service, I realized there are lots of disadvantaged families who need care. So after I was elected, there's been this group of very cute and very compassionate volunteer sisters who've come to help me with this. And most important is that I also have lots of great workmates coming together to support me. The Alliance of Taiwan Food Banks has been helping distribute donations to families in need for many years. They also offer services like meal deliveries. They set up food banks spontaneously to respond to natural disasters, giving food and other essentials straight into the hands of disaster survivors. The best thing about food banks is our flexibility. We can activate our resources instantly and share them with the people who need them. In the future, we want to work with City Councillor Yifang and other colleagues in the councils of Geelong across the seven administrative districts to promote food banks. A project to roll out bricks and mortar food banks across the country is in motion. The group is calling for more volunteers to join in to reduce food waste and support the most vulnerable in society. French street artist Jordan Saget, who is famous for his large patterns drawn in chalk or paint on urban surfaces, on Sunday gave an impromptu performance on the grounds of Chiang Kai-shek Memorial Hall. Saget gave a live art performance painting for five hours straight on the hall square using a water-soluble chalk-based solution. Starting with three lines, uh, Saget's pattern spread out to cover much of the square. Sazer said he aims to connect his art with the place where it is created, describing this as the most interesting part of the process. The lines of the work can connect with nearby structures. It's different from creating art in France, where the interactions with other people are completely different. In Taiwan, lots of people will be curious, and they will stop to appreciate the art. In France, many people won't even bother to look. A water truck came by to wash away the pattern, leaving only memories behind and disappointing the crowd. Sajet said he was grateful to have been blessed with good weather, and this made the art possible. Taiwan-Canada relations have been warming up. 
The two started discussions on foreign investment promotion and protection agreement in February. Part of those talks centered on Taiwan's ban on Canadian beef from cattle over 30 months old. The Food and Drug Administration recently announced that it would end that ban in one month, allowing the import of Canadian beef from cattle of all ages. A toxicologist said that while Canada has not had any classic mad cow disease cases since 2015, the government should still keep a watchful eye on international developments related to the disease. Although Canada hasn't seen any classic mad cow disease cases since 2015, you may remember that they did have an atypical case in 2021. Although the disease can't pass to humans, I still advise that the government monitor developments. Some believe that once imports are allowed, there is bound to be some risk. This is correct, so the government must do a risk assessment. We must proceed cautiously and monitor future developments. Currently, only beef from Canadian cattle under 30 months of age is permitted for import. But the import of beef from older American cows has been allowed since January 1, 2021. Under the loosened regulations, import of older beef from Canada will also be allowed starting as soon as one month from now. One woman from Jai in her 60s found success as a champion powerlifter after a regular workout routine was disrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic. When she could no longer go for morning swims, Li Taiwei decided to give weightlifting a try under the encouragement of her son. Unexpectedly, the gym's owner told her she should compete, and to her surprise, she won the very first competition she entered. Now this university lecturer has found a new sense of pride as Taiwan's strongest grandma. Let's hear from Lee and those touched by her success. Lee Tsai Wei from Chinese Taipei. This is a master three lifter. In 2022, powerlifter Lee Tsai Wei represented Taiwan at the Asian Women's Classic Powerlifting Championships in Dubai. Lee deadlifted 115 kilograms in the Masters 3 competition. Go, go, go. Yes, go, go. Wow. Wow, this is a good lift. Three white lights, it's wonderful. Lee's performance at the event broke the record for women aged 60 to 69 in the 69 kilogram deadlift category. Very easy. And the lift is good, two to one. Lee also won four consecutive gold medals with a squat lift of 100 kilograms, a bench lift of 50 kilograms, and a total lift of 265 kilograms. When the flag anthem played, I was nearly brought to tears. There was an Indian athlete standing next to me. India has a population of 1.3 billion people, and Taiwan has 23 million people. And she had to stand there next to me, listening to our national anthem. The night of the competition, Lee was invited for an interview with FTV reporters, which surprised her. Although she had just won gold, she still saw herself as just a regular person.
I was surprised by the media attention and that I would become Taiwan's strongest grandma. Back in Taiwan, Lee lectures at National Jiayi University, where she teaches courses on human rights and law. The course material is very serious in nature, but she enjoys sharing her stories about her life with her students. I was quite surprised at first. What I remember most is that the seats in the classroom were quite tall, and it took her a while to climb up onto her seat. Then after she sat down, she told us that she's a powerlifter on the national team. When I heard that, I was very surprised. It's a great contrast to what you would imagine. I thought if someone is an athlete, they should appear very strong and be all muscles. However, Mrs. Lee is not quite like that. Lee is below average height at 148.5 centimeters and is not particularly muscular. But her strength and accomplishments have gained her the admiration of many. Lee has been powerlifting for only around three years, but she has engaged in regular exercise for the past 20 years, always going for morning swims. Lee's foundation and daily exercise help lay the groundwork for her training as a powerlifter. The encouragement of her family also helped give her the strength to persevere. I swam in the mornings like that for just over 20 years, and then the pool was forced to close due to a lack of patrons. I switched to a new gym, but its pool was too small, and there were always too many people there. I couldn't get used to it, complained about it to my son, and he said, Mom, the pool has a gym. He suggested I use the gym to do weightlifting exercises. Older adults need muscle strength. If she can improve her muscle strength, then when she gets older, she won't need to use a wheelchair. She'll be able to live normally. Good health is the starting point for getting there. At first, just wanting his mother to exercise her muscles to stay mobile as she gets older, Yang Meng Yi never imagined this would be the first step to her taking the international stage in competition. Yang, who obtained personal trainer certification in 2020 from the American Council on Exercise, turned out to be the best person to help Lee with her training. He taught me to exercise with the equipment in the gym. He held a class for me and told me to train with a lat pull-down machine for 90 minutes per day. He didn't train me with the free weights at first because doing so could have resulted in injury. After nearly half a year of weight training, Yang began training his mother for the three parts of powerlifting, squats, bench presses, and deadlifts. Lee had initially started weight training to strengthen her body, but the words of the gym owner convinced her to start off on her journey in powerlifting. She told me to register for a competition. I said, really? I'm just here exercising. She said I could do it. She said that she rarely sees someone my age at the gym and that some younger people getting started with weightlifting can't lift as much as I can. She always encouraged me. 
Around that time, there was a competition in Tainan. My son said to me, okay, let's go compete, just for fun. To her surprise, in her first competition in September 2020, Lee broke a record. From there, she went on to compete in regional and youth competitions, performing well each time. As a bonus, Lee also found her health markedly improving. <laughs> Playing with her granddaughter, Lee recalls her own childhood. When she was four years old, Lee went looking for her mother one morning after waking up and fell down a flight of stairs. The accident caused severe head trauma and left Lee with recurring headaches throughout her life. I'm not sure why, but it seems that after I had been weight training for a while, after it became part of my daily routine, my headaches cleared up. It really surprised me. Seeing the impact of weightlifting on her life and her health, Lee set her sights on the national team. Unfortunately, the pandemic put a kink in her plans, causing gyms to close their doors on several occasions. However, Lee found a way to keep up her training routine. Halfway through the pandemic, I couldn't go to the gym anymore. My younger brother had a restaurant that he closed and had converted into a games room. There was a small space in there he let me use, and my son brought me some simple gym equipment to put in there. After a year of training in her new personal gym, Lee gave an outstanding performance at the national team qualifiers in July 2022, going on to represent Taiwan at the Asian Women's Classic Powerlifting Championships in Dubai. However, the road to victory was not an easy one for Lee. With just one day to go before the competition, she suddenly experienced pain in her knees. It scared me to death. The pain was so bad, it woke me up in the middle of the night. I'd never experienced something like that before. However, I was afraid to wake up my son. The next day, the pain was unbearable, truly unbearable. But I didn't want to take any painkillers because I knew there would be a drug test. She didn't tell me until the next morning, and then I hurriedly assessed the situation. I decided everything was still okay. I guessed that she may have walked too much at the airport, and this put a lot of wear on her knees. Very easy. Perhaps due to her hurt knees, Lee failed to squat low enough during the squat lift segment of the competition, causing the judge to give her the red light. However, on the subsequent two lifts, Lee was successful and ended the competition, bringing home gold for Taiwan. Seeing my mom up there on the highest podium, I felt that all the hard work was worth it. Young once had his own aspirations of entering competition. However, he was forced to abandon those plans after the birth of his child. 
Seeing his mom compete left him with a sense of gratitude that she could take his place on the podium. I told my son that it was something I dreamt about but never imagined would happen. Don't even call it a dream. It was a fantasy, but not something I expected. Today, everyone is happy for me having achieved it. On the road to athletic achievement, Lee turned her struggle into strength, using her hard work in the gym to bring her happiness and rejuvenation. The weather cooled down considerably on Sunday under the influence of a weather front and the northeasterly winds. In northern Taiwan, temperatures even dropped by over 10 degrees. However, it's expected to warm up on Tuesday, and the Central Weather Bureau predicts that temperatures in Taiwan's southern and central regions could then reach 33 to 34 degrees. Next Sunday, Taiwan will see the first wave of the plum rain season, otherwise known as Taiwan's monsoon season. The central and northern regions, along with mountainous areas in Taiwan's south, could all see short bursts of rain. This wave from this front is classed as a relatively mobile front, so the period of its impact won't be very long. However, when it comes to precipitation conditions, the probability of rainfall in the central and northern regions will be slightly higher. After this, the weather will be as warm as summer, but weather fronts will continue to have an impact and the public is advised to pay attention to temperature differences between daytime and nighttime. Everyone is hoping for the monsoon season to come out in full force as this will help replenish Taiwan's parched reservoirs.